All right, so we're going to pick up in um, in the story of Joseph where we left the last time. And um, we were talking, I mean, there's so much in Joseph. I almost feel, and, and, and like I was saying last time, the the stories, uh, they, they kind of overlap and interweave with each other. And some of the people in the stories change roles as you go through it and represent different things like, um, like the, the father person in the beginning of the story is played by, uh, Jacob, the father of Joseph. But then when, once he's in Egypt, when he's, when he's restored and, 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 um, and when he's exalted to the right hand of God, then then Pharaoh is is playing the the role there of God, and um, the same thing kind of happens, I think, later with uh, Joseph and uh, Benjamin. For a for a brief moment, Je- Benjamin is the is the the son uh, that represents Christ among his brothers. Um, I'll get to that in a little bit, but it, it, there's just there's just so much. Uh, in this story, and in and, and I mean, there, well, let me put it this way: there's so much involved in our salvation, not not in terms of complicated theological details, but it's such a huge, beautiful, perfect reality that God testifies. I mean, the, these stories are just kind of like, kind of giving little bursts or. or uh, uh, I don't know, like flashes of pictures that that are all pointing to something so so incredible. So, um, we just to kind of bring you back to speed. It's been a couple of weeks. Um, we looked at the the pictures of Joseph, um, as the father's uh, favorite son, the son of his love, the son of Rachel, the wife that he loved, um. We saw that he was sent out by his father to check on his brothers, brought back a bad report that the brothers were jealous and and basically crucified him in a sense uh, took his coat, dipped it in goat's blood and um, and brought it to the father. The father saw his son to be dead, recognized his son to be dead. Joseph himself was put in the, was buried in the earth, so to speak. Obviously, you know, you, types and shadows only, only can go so far. Um, sometimes the Lord, uh, very purposely doesn't take them all the way, especially when it has to do with death. Like when Isaac was being sacrificed, Abraham didn't really kill his only son, but he got as close to it basically as a type and shadow, uh, of death can get without actually killing in that, in that particular story. And, and it still paints the same picture. Same thing with Joseph. Joseph gets thrown into the, uh, the well or the pit. Clearly a picture of death with blood involved, with rejection involved, with misery involved, you know, whatever, suffering involved, and sold into Egypt. Then there's these, there's, uh, the whole issue of, uh, him being the, the faithful, um, I, I kind of looked at three different views of the death of, of Christ in this story. The rejected savior with his brothers, the lamb of God, which is the, the light, um, uh, I mean the, the 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 view that that you see with the father, uh, the father receives the blood 
on the coat as a perfect, you know, a finished sacrifice, a finished work. Then you see kind of the suffering servant or the obedient servant thrown into prison for something that he didn't do. All he did was resist the temptation of the flesh, and he gets thrown into another picture of death or rejection or condemnation or whatever. And and then then we did the jail dreams with the blood, uh, I mean the the cupbearer and the and the bread bread guy the baker, and uh, and and we saw the the body of Christ bearing in itself the entire Adamic man, the entire Adamic creation being hung on a tree, three days, rejected of Pharaoh. Uh, cursed is everything who hung on a, uh, that hangs on a tree, and left there. We see the the, the cupbearer restored to the right hand of Pharaoh and put the put the wine of the new covenant um, into the Father's hand and and accepts, or you could say the wine of the judgment of of blood put into the put into the Father's hand and uh, accepted. And then, uh, and then we talked just a little bit about the exaltation then of Joseph. Uh, Joseph comes out and, um, and, and, and in a dream, Pharaoh is, is warned of, uh, an unavoidable devastation that's coming to the land. And if something is not done, all of the land will perish. And the answer to that problem is this one who has come up from, the deep, who has come up from prison, who has come up from the belly of the earth, you know, the one who has come out of death or, or rejection or, you know, Christ, obviously, but, but Joseph in this story, the one in whom is the spirit of the living God, you know, that's, uh, so many verses come to mind, you know, uh, Romans declared son of God, um, by the spirit of holiness and the resurrection from the dead or raised up by the spirit of God or, you know, here he comes out of, out of the grave and Pharaoh says, can we find anyone else to be the ruler and savior of Egypt besides this man in whom is the spirit of God? And so fair, and then so, so with, with the exception of the throne, um, Joseph is made equal with Pharaoh in all things. And, um, and reigns and, and rules and has, and it's given full authority over the entire land. Just like Jesus after the resurrection. All of this, you know, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And, and, uh, Pharaoh says, I wrote down this verse here, uh, Genesis 41, 41. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. He clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain on his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had. And they cried out before him, Bow the knee, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said unto Joseph, I am Pharaoh, but without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. So that's just, again, a picture of of the exaltation of of uh of Joseph. Tonight um I want to I want to get into 
and I, I was trying to think uh, earlier this afternoon of how to organize this. I don't really have like a great way. L- like I was saying, there, there's different stories and pictures that kind of are interwoven in, in each other. The, the basic things that I want to talk about, r- real quickly, uh, I'll, I'll talk about the two sons of Joseph. But then you have, um, I think of uh, three... I guess three main stories, three main pictures that remain here. You have this picture of Joseph as the one who gives seed and life to all the world in exchange for their lives. You have Joseph who reveals himself to his brothers when and only when their hearts turn, their hearts turn to him. And then you have Joseph who op- offers his cup to uh, his, well, he gives it to Benjamin and then and then the others are willing to drink it. And, and maybe you can see uh, where I'm going with all three of those stories, probably can, um, if you're familiar with the stories. But, but they're all... Not only are they all really crucial and, 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 and important stories, but they, they are also things that um, we're going to see, as we go through the types and shadows of the Old Testament, we're going to see a bunch of different pictures that, 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 that speak of the exact same realities. Maybe with different words, different details, of, of maybe, maybe not as much in stories as in uh, offerings or sacrifices, but these same concepts, these same realities come up over and over and over again. The Lord, the consistency and the fullness of the testimony is uh, is amazing. So let's start with um, the the two sons of Joseph. This is just just one more uh, picture of of the first and the second. We've seen it a bunch of times already. Um, I'm going to read here. In I'm going to read in 41. Th- this story kind of has a little piece of it in 41. And then the finished the, the the end of this story comes up in in chapter forty eight. So I'm gonna jump around a little bit just to get this story in one in in one little section here. Genesis forty one fifty. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, whom Azanath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh. And for, he says, for God has made me forget all my toil and my father's house. And the name Manasseh means make forget. And then he says, in the name of the second, he called Ephraim, for God has called me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. And, and the name uh, Ephraim means fruitful. And you can probably see right away that the first as always is is put away is put put behind the cross forgotten forgetting that which lays behind and the second is that which increases because of the affliction of his soul it says in uh Isaiah 53 he sees the f- the fruit of his seed and is glad or or satisfied or something like that um so the 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 first Manasseh 
it, it's a, it reminds me of Paul. This one thing I do, forgetting all that lays behind, I, li, lies behind. Not, you know, lies behind what? Lies behind the cross. Lies behind in what I called life formerly, and all that was put away through the judgment. All that was left behind through death, burial, and resurrection. Forgetting all of that, I, you know, I, I lay hold of the. Uh, the thing that is put before my face, I, I, I experience the increase, the fruit of, uh, um, of this, of the second. Or another verse that just popped in my head is, I think it's Romans 7, 4, where he says, You were made to die to the law and be joined to another that you, to, to joined to another to him who rose from the dead that you might bear fruit unto God. Again, I mean, there's so many verses you could put in there. You could throw Galatians 2.20 in there or, or whatever. But the first is the thing that is crucified, put away, forgotten. And God literally, in your heart, makes you forget. I say literally, and I, and I, I mean that kind of. I don't mean you don't... You don't lit... I mean, you don't actually... Well, you kind of do. I don't know. Um, the the fir- things of the first, the, the mind of the natural man, the reasonings, the thing that you used to call light, the way you understood scripture, the way you tried to relate to God, the thing you, you literally, when light shines in your heart, when Christ, when the new, when the, when the fruitful side begins to have increase in you, you, you do literally forget and and the former things do not come to mind. You no longer relate to God in the shadows and and in and in the blindness and in the darkness. It's like when the sun comes out, you lose sight of the moon. Not because it's not there. It's just the sun is so much brighter, and 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 you, in a very real sense, in your heart, the things that were part of that first birth. We're part of that first man. Whether it's the good things that, good in the sense of good testimonies of that first man that are like the moon that reflected the sun, or the bad things that were part of that first man because of sin. Both, um, start to become dead to you because they're not found in Christ. And, and there really is, I mean, uh, we could talk about that in, uh, you know, a lot of different ways, but there really is a, um, a forgetting of what lies behind. That's that, that's very literal. So anyway, so you got these two, um, the the first and the second. The first is the forget is God makes me forget. The second is fruitful. And then if we skip ahead to Genesis chapter forty eight verse nine, it says Joseph said to his father, um, "Okay, this is so." No, no, actually, I I put this verse. Yeah, it says it in here. Um, I think I maybe cut off the part where he, Joseph, or Jacob says, who, who are these? And Jason, who are these two boys or whatever? And, and Joseph says to his father, they are my sons whom God has given me here. So he said, bring them to me, please, that I may bless them. Now the eyes of Israel were so dim, the eyes of Jacob, of Israel were so dim from age that he could not see. Then Joseph brought them close to him, and he kissed them and embraced them. And Israel said to Joseph, I never expected to see your face, and behold, God has let me see your children as well. Then Joseph took them from his knees and bowed with his face to the ground. Joseph took them both, Ephraim with his right hand towards Israel's left, and Manasseh with his left hand towards Israel's right, and brought them close to him. 
But Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his... Did I say left? I think I might have said left hand. Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it on the head of Ephraim, who was the younger, and his left hand on Manasseh's head, crossing his hands, although Manasseh was the firstborn. He blessed Joseph and said... Uh, and, he, and he gives the blessing here. Go to 17. When Joseph saw that his father laid his right hand on Ephraim's head, it displeased him, and he grasped his father's hand to remove it from Ephraim's head to Manasseh's head. Joseph said to his father, Not so, my father, for this one is the firstborn. Place your right hand on his head. But his father refused and said, I know, my son, I know. He also will become a people, and he also will be great. However, his younger brother shall be greater than he and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. And and that story, I love it. I mean, it, it just goes along with so many other things we've seen about the first and the second, but I also love it because it doesn't... It's one of those stories that you'll never read about it in a children's book on the Bible. You'll never read about it in... Um, almost any uh you know survey of genesis or old testament studies or why because it doesn't make any sense except as a type and shadow of something else there's nothing to do with this story naturally speaking there's no moral there's nothing you can just walk there's no takeaway except for the picture that it paints of the first and the second and the way that god uh God put away the first and established the second. And I love, I, I, for some reason, I just really love, I, I find my heart kind of rejoicing in stories like that. Not, because, well, the whole Bible's like that. It's just that sometimes it's so obvious that there's nothing going on in this story except a test of, testifying of Christ. And in so many other stories, we're able to like, um, make a moral out of them or, 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 you know, teach some idea about what God liked about this person and what God didn't like about that person. Even though the whole thing really is just a testimony of uh, of God's view of Christ and all that is true and real in Him. But sometimes you get to a story like this, and what do you what are you going to do with this story if you don't see Christ in it? You're just going to shake your head and say that's totally bizarre. This old blind guy crossed his arms and blessed the wrong kid. You know. Um. So, I just think that's a really, really great uh, picture of the first and the second. All right. So, Joseph. Now we're going to get into kind of Joseph as the as the savior, as the um, as life, and and those kind of stories. Now, it it, it happens that uh, this great hunger comes to the land, the seven years of famine, right? And it says here in Genesis 41 and 55, So when all the land of Egypt was famished, the people cried to Pharaoh for bread. Then Pharaoh said to all the Egyptians, Go to Joseph. Whatever he says to you, do. This reminds me of... Uh, um, the, the few places where, where God spoke out loud about Christ, you know, like the Mount of Tr- Transfiguration. This is my son. Listen to him. 
you know, or even um, uh, Mary, Jesus's mother at the wedding feast of Canaan, you know, um, you know, she, she finds out that they're out of wine and she says, go to him, do whatever he says, you know, and I don't know exactly what she had in mind there. I, I really don't. Um, but it, it was still the right thing to say. <laughs> uh, so, so the father is directing the people with hunger to Joseph because the father has, through Joseph, provided a way for them to have life, a way for them to have food. And so it says in verse 57, all the country came to buy bread from Joseph. All the country came to Joseph to buy life, so to speak, um, because the famine was severe. Uh, the famine was severe in all the land. Okay, so so now we have uh, like the, the stage is set for these last three pictures that I that I mentioned before. Joseph is exalted to the right hand of Pharaoh, and he's the only one that the the the, the, the father, the God, is has provided for the people to find life. He's the only one in whom life can be experienced. Life can be found. All right, and so the first of these last three stories is. Um, is the revelation so in this position J Joseph's brothers come back to him they don't know him um they 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 they've rejected him but they don't know that he has been made lord over the entire land his own countrymen come for food they're looking for food they don't they they can't recognize him and i think if if you just if you just think about this story again as like, man, they, he must have grown a beard because he, you know, he was older. Or, or I mean, if you, if you try to just figure out how this works in the natural realm, you're going to totally miss the point. They didn't recognize him, not because he grew a beard. I mean, I'm sure he did grow a beard, but um, and not because he was 15 or 20 years older. He didn't rec. The, the point of the, of God saying they didn't recognize him is because they couldn't recognize him. You can't ever recognize. The, the the Lord that offers life. You can't see him with natural eyes. The only way you're ever going to recognize God's Joseph is if Joseph himself de decides to reveal himself to you. And that's what ends up happening. But my point is, at no point in his interactions with them, not even with all the weird stuff he was doing by putting the money back in their bags and all that... Um, did they ever recognize them on their on their own? They could not. He recognized them immediately. He knew exactly who they were, and was and immediately it, it, he immediately began to try to assess the condition of their heart. That's what the whole the whole interaction. It's not like he, you know. It's not like Joseph is grumpy for a while, and he's he's kind of like trying to pay him back. And um, you can tell that's not his heart at the end at all. You know, when he's weeping and saying, look, it wasn't even, you know, God sent me here to preserve life. It's not, don't even get mad at yourself. I mean, he's not, he's not trying to, to, uh, you know, pay him back a little bit before he invites them into the kingdom. He, he's, he's doing one thing. He's looking 
at the condition of their heart. So they, so the brothers come to Egypt and they have no idea who this one is. They didn't know who he was when they, when they crucified him. They, 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 now, now they're never going to know who he is. He's a totally exalted man. And, um, and they come to Egypt, they come to Pharaoh, <laughs> not, not understanding that the whole world has been handed over to their brother. The whole world is in his hands. And they want bread. They want life. And right away, Joseph, and I love, I love, it's kind of like a little window into the heart of, of Christ. Right away, Joseph, you know he wants to give them bread. Of course he does. He wants to give them life. He wants to take them into his kingdom. He wants to never have them worry about life or bread or possessions or anything ever again. He wants to provide for them, give them the best of his land, and bring them to Pharaoh, which he ends up doing. He wants to bring them to his father and present them before his father as his own kindred, as his own brethren. I mean, this picture is so awesome. Um, he wants to reveal himself to them, and yet he first waits to see if their heart has changed. If they have the same heart that rejected him and threw him into the tomb, then they're, he's going to go on, continue to be unknown to them. And so, um, it start, he starts noticing this change in, in 42, uh, 42, 21. Then they said, oh, this, remember he goes and he treats them, um, he treats them harshly at first. And they say, look, we want bread. And he said, you're spies. You're all spies. You know, you've come to my land to take, take from me and bring back to your land. You know, do you want to take that? You want to take, take over my land you want to you know whatever and 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 in a sense that's what the natural man does want to do with spiritual things you know he wants to spy them out and use them for his own benefit you know conquer them and 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 possess them and employ them for his own gain in a sense i think that god could you know the natural man comes to spy out spiritual things and god could say to every single adamic heart you're a spy you know you're not willing to lose anything you want to take you're here to take stuff aren't you you know, and they say, no, 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 no. That's not. That's not it. Where and, and he go and, and they go through this. Um, he goes through the whole thing about no, we're twelve brothers and one is gone and the other's back at home with dad and blah blah blah. And and he he says, no, no, you're lying. And 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 then they start saying to another twenty uh, forty, chapter forty two twenty one. Then they said to one another, we are truly guilty concerning our brother. Now, now it just, it's interesting that they, this is like 20 years later. I'm not exactly sure how long it's been. I think it's been, uh, let's see, I think it was like 14 years when he got out of prison. And then another seven years. So, so yeah, it's been like 21 years. I could have done the math wrong there. but uh, and, and and the fact that they they immediately associate his treatment of them with guilt concerning what they did to their brother. I mean, again, that's, that, that is in there because of what it points to. I, I mean, I'm sure they've done a lot of bad things since then. Um, you know that Judah did, you know, that, that little story is in there. But, um, the, the fact that he they recognize their 
guilt towards this son that they've rejected and thrown into the pit and associated with this is just, I, I just think it's telling. We are truly guilty concerning our brother, for we saw the anguish of his soul when he pleaded with us, and we would not hear him. Therefore his distress has come upon us. And Reuben answered them, saying, Did I not speak to you, saying, Do not sin against the boy? And you would not listen. Therefore, behold, his blood is now required of us. This is really, I love that. But they did not know that Joseph understood them, for he spoke to them through an interpreter. And Joseph turned himself away from them and wept. Again, there's the heart of, of the, of the one who wants to, uh, give them everything he is and has. To bring them into his kingdom. To bring them into his provision. And yet at this point all he does is he gives them a little taste of provision. He gives them a little, uh, uh, a, a little bit of seed, a little, a little taste of life. He responds to that, uh, that turning of the heart. He gives them enough to bring them back again. Put it that way. You know, enough to fill their stomachs and then bring them back again, which is, which is what happens. This is, again, this is another picture that I see, I see a lot, I feel like this is how the Lord deals with our lives. It deals with us, uh, and a lot of times, um, He's always giving you according to your hunger and always trying to invite you into a greater hunger, a greater desire to experience a greater measure, a greater reality of Christ. Not that he's not that he gives Christ out in in portions or pieces, but uh he gives Christ in in the fullness of the single package of salvation and yet you experience Christ to the measure that you want to experience that you're hungry to know him that you're desperate that your heart turns to him and 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 the lord is is in in a sense almost has to like um get our attention um uh, call us out of our country kindred and father's house to go into it, remember the story of Rebecca, where uh, Abraham sends his servant to go find a wife for Isaac, and he he appears before her and puts a big gold ring on her nose and some bracelets on her, and says, "There's a lot more where that came from. If you leave your country, kindred, and father's house, and come with me and join yourself to Isaac, he, you know he's a rich man. He's he, there's a there's a God has made him very great." But you you can't know him here, and and so it's kind of I see that I see kind of the same thing here, um, and then um, so anyway you know the story they 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 come back again and then the whole thing and I'm going to get into the Benjamin part here in a little bit but just to basically summarize the story, um, Judah. Um, who, who's actually the one, I think, if you go back to the story, he's the one that kind of instigated the whole, let's kill him thing. Let's throw him into the well. Let's, let's rid ourselves of this dreamer. He now comes to him and says, uh, 44, 33. Now, therefore, please let your servant remain instead of the lad. This is talking about instead of Benjamin. Benjamin was found with the cup. And worthy of death, and yet, 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 Judah is now saying, "Let let me die in his place. Let me take that death. I'll I'll drink that cup, you know." And and um, for how can I now go to my father if the lad is not with me? Lest perhaps I see the evil that would fall upon my or that would come upon my father. 
And then it says, and, and seeing this, seeing what? Seeing that Judah was willing to lose his life to please his father. Judah was willing to lose his life to to gain, to, to protect the life of Benjamin. The, to, to, a completely opposite heart than the one that, that threw his his father's other favorite son into the well. It says in forty in forty five verse one, then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he cried out, Make everyone go out from me. So no one stood with him while Joseph revealed himself to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And and Again, we we could talk a lot about that, but what what I see there, and what's so important to me there, is just God's heart. To re- it reminds me of Galatians one fifteen. It pleased God to reveal His Son in me. It's what He wants. It's what He wanted. It's why He, it's why He died. It's His desire that we would come to Him, turn our hearts, and allow Him. To reveal, but but he can't do that if we're if we're holding on to our lives. If Judah was still holding on to 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 the wrong man, holding on to that that murderous uh, betraying man, if if he was still trying to justify that man or protect that man, then then the revelation of Joseph wouldn't have happened. And the revelation of Christ, he, Christ isn't going to reveal himself in you except unto the, 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 the destruction of the man that's already there. He's not going to, he's not, the, the two of them won't live in the same house. The two of them can't, can't reign in the, in the same soul. So it's only to the measure that you're actually willing to lose the one that the other will appear. It's only to the measure that you are willing to lose your life. Just like Judah shows us here, that there's actually a place in you, that there's actually room in you for the, um, the, the Joseph to make himself known, to reveal himself. I just, it's just perfect. I, I love it, and uh, and so Joseph can't handle it anymore. And not only does he reveal himself, he reveals his country, his land, his reign. He says, "Go tell my father about my glory in Egypt. Go tell him that I own everything." Go tell him that forget everything he has there. Forget everything you guys have in your native land and, and come back and live with me. You never have to worry about anything. Don't, don't even bring your stuff. I'll take, don't, don't take anything. Remember he says, he says, don't even worry about your possessions. I have more than, more than what you need right here. Just come here. And so he reveals himself. He reveals his kingdom. He reveals his land. He reveals a new dwelling place for them. It's 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 more than just it's more than just the the, the recognition of a brother here or the recognition of the Lord. It's a recognition of a new place to live, a new kingdom to come in under the government of a, a, a new brother, a brother that has a new status, a new a new reign. I mean, it, it's. The revelation of Joseph is is a big deal here. I mean, to, to the brothers, it's a, it's everything's different from that point on. And they come to him. They come to him. You know, this is this is and this is how how it says it. It doesn't say that they. And I think it's very specific. Let's see here. I wrote down some verses. I think. Um. 
nine. Let me try that one first. Hurry and go hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me. Come down to me, do not tarry. It doesn't say come down to Egypt right there. It doesn't say come down to Goshen or come you know, it says come to me. And then verse eighteen forty five eighteen. Bring your father um yeah, bring your father and your household and come to me. Come to me, and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt, and you will eat the fat of the land. Um, and then in verse 20 is where he says, Also, do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. I just, that's just so awesome. Do not be concerned about anything that you have in yourself. Because I'm giving you a to- the best of all the land. But come to me. And then in 46, I'm jumping around here, but I'll get back to where we were. But um, 46.31. Then Joseph said to his brothers and to his father's household, I will go up and tell Pharaoh and say to him, My brothers and those of my father's house who are in the land of Canaan have come to me. Have come to me. Uh, 47, 5. Just one day these, these come to me started standing out to me and I highlighted them all. So they, here's Pharaoh speaking. Pharaoh spoke to Joseph, 47, 5, saying, Your father and your brothers have come to you. Now all the land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and your brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. Um, it's just, uh, anything that, that, Oh, that appears over and over again like that always catches my attention. Uh, it just seems it's really plain that that's how we're supposed to understand um, our our journey, our um, our dwelling place, our relationship. We are coming unto Him. All right, um, I got to hurry this up here. Okay, Joseph. Offers life to the world. I mean, th- th- that's the next title that I I put on my notes. Th- this too is, um, it's so, <laughs> it's just so perfect. This whole story overwhelms me. Um, okay, so the whole land is starving. They end up, um, well, as I said before, J- Joseph has the only life, the only seed, the only bread in the entire land, and everybody starts coming to Joseph. In fact, Pharaoh makes it a rule that nobody relates to Pharaoh except through Joseph. Nobody comes to Pharaoh, nobody comes to the land, nobody comes for help except through Joseph. And 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 so now, the in, in this story, to me, the emphasis is just is is now. It's not just about the salvation of the brothers through the revealing of of himself. Now, here's here's a picture of the the salvation of the entire world. And and what you see here is Joseph buys these people for Pharaoh. He buys the people for God. That's what he does. And if that's not a perfect description of what Christ did on the cross, I don't I don't know what is. He bought you. 
I mean, it, it doesn't that doesn't he say that? And doesn't doesn't uh, doesn't the New Testament say that a number of different times? He purchased you with his own blood. He bought the lot. What did he do? He 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 makes an exchange with them, their lives for his seed. That's the exchange. That's that's the that's the purchase that's going on here. I tell you what. I'll give you my seed in exchange for your life. And that's, let me read some of it here. Um, Genesis 47, 18. When that year it ended, they came to him and next year, uh, I'm sorry, it came to him the next year and said to him, we will not hide from my Lord that our money is gone. Come to me. I mean, it's, these verses pop in your head. Come to me all you have no money. Buy, you know, what, what, what is free, more or less. We have no money, uh, and my Lord also uh, our herds of livestock are gone. There's nothing left in the sight of my Lord but ourselves and our land. Why should we die before your eyes, both we and our land? Buy us and our land for bread or for seed, depending on your translation. Buy us and our land for seed. And we and our land will be servants of Pharaoh. Just give us seed that we may live and not die, and that the land may not be desolate. <laughs> then Joseph bought all the land of Egypt for Pharaoh. For every man of the Egyptians sold his field because of the famine, because the famine was severe upon them, so the land became Pharaoh's. Uh, skip down a couple of verses here to verse 23. Then Joseph said to the people, Indeed, I have bought you and your land this day for Pharaoh. Look, here is seed for you. You shall sow the land. And it shall come to pass in the harvest that you shall give one-fifth to Pharaoh four-fifths shall be your own. And this is a picture that you see throughout the later in Exodus, we'll get into this too in Leviticus, that part, the increases belong, the, the increase is Christ. And yet, we both live on that increase, and that increase becomes the, the, the fragrance acceptable to the Father. So, there's, the increase is both our own life, it's the thing that makes us alive, and it's also the thing that brings glory and honor to the Father. And and you'll get you'll see various pictures of that. Um, where am I here? It shall come to pass in the harvest. You shall give one fifth of Pharaoh, four fifths shall be your own as seed for the field and for your food, and those of your household and the food of your little ones. Verse forty-seven, twenty-five. So they said, "You have saved our lives. Let us find favor in the sight of my lord, and we will be Pharaoh's servants." So, here you see these people. They have nothing in themselves to offer. They have no more money. They have absolutely nothing of value that that Joseph could have. And so he purchases their lot. He 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 gives them seed in exchange for their lives. I mean, the picture is couldn't be more perfect. They sell their, their their own lives and their land, and they are they become a purchased possession, the purchased possession of Joseph for Pharaoh. Uh, and then and then he says, "Go go fill the land with his seed. The seed I'm giving you, go fill the land with it." So um, okay, um, 
quickly here the the whole Benjamin and the cup thing. The the cup is um there's just a whole lot especially in the prophets. The cup is the wrath of God, the, the judgment of God on the guilty Adamic man. That's the, the cup, and, and and you see the cup spoken of uh, in in a lot of ways. Like uh, in uh, in in the prophets, God says, "And I will make this nation drink my cup, and they will be drunk with the cup of the wrath of the Lord." Um, I think. Uh, let me go there real quick. I think Jeremiah twenty five, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, has a lot of cup language. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be able to. Find, I didn't write down the, the the verses here, but I mem- I remember that. Um, um, there's a there. Oh, yeah, let's see here. Okay, here's one of them. For thus says the Lord God of Israel to me: Take this cup, take this wine cup of fury from my hand, and cause all the nations to whom I send it to you, to whom I send you, to drink it. And they will drink and stagger and go mad because of the sword that I will send among them. Then I took the cup from the Lord's hand and I made all the nations drink. And this is, this is, this is, uh, this is a really perfect language here to understand the cup. Let's see here. Um, it goes on. Therefore you shall say to them, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, drink, be drunk and vomit. Fall and rise no more because of the sword which I will send among you. So you see the, the cups kind of in, in a couple of these verses here is put together with the sword. And if it, if it shall be, if they refuse to take the cup from your hand to drink, then you shall say to them, thus says the Lord of hosts, you shall certainly drink. For behold, I am, uh, I begin to bring calamity upon you, on the city which is called by my name, and should you be unpunished, blah, 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 blah. And he goes on. And, and, and there's a bunch of them. If you just type in the word cup, you know, if you have a word search program or whatever on your computer, type in the word cup and just look how many times it's, it's connected. Um, there's also, uh, the cup of, you know, gladness. There's, there's, it's not always the, the picture isn't always the drinking of the cup of wrath, but that is a, a really, uh, a common thing. And so, um, Christ, as you know, had to receive and drink that cup. He, in himself, he became the way that all of the nations were able to drink the cup of God's wrath. And, and, uh, in the, in the baptism into his, in, well, in Christ's own baptism into death, he drank the cup, and that's what that's what's going on in the in the Garden of Gethsemane before, uh, where he's crying out to God, God, you know, I, I take this cup from me. He obviously didn't want to drink the cup. He didn't want to remain in the condition of having drunk the cup and 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 facing and bearing upon himself the Lord's wrath. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And there's this really interesting verse. Where, uh, Matthew 20, verse 22. They, this is the verse where John and James are asking if they can sit at Jesus' right hand in his kingdom, and, and Jesus says, You do not know what you ask for. Uh, that's obvious. I mean, he could have said that to every single thing they said to him. You do not know what you ask for. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? 
and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? And they said to him, We are able. <laughs> and you know that they have no idea. That just cracks me up because there's no way they had any idea what he was talking. They just asked if he, they could sit next to him in some like natural kingdom of Israel, you know? And he, he, I can just, I don't know, I just, this is so like me, I guess, you know, or I, I can picture myself saying something totally dumb like that too. Are you able to drink the cup? That I'm able, that I'm about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that I, that, that, bapti- baptism that I'm baptized with. I can just picture them looking at each other going like, I think so, you know. <laughs> I guess, you know, yeah, I think so. And then so Jesus, Jesus, of course, knowing what it means and knowing that in a, in a, in a true sense, they actually will share his cup. They will be baptized into that death says, you will indeed drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to give. So, uh, having all that in mind, and I'm, I'm wrapping up here, uh, Joseph, the brothers are heading back out to uh, their native land, and, and Joseph tells his servant, put the cup in the in the young one, the beloved son, put give it to him. Give that cup to the to the beloved son of the father here. And and again, I think the roles are kind of switching up a little bit here, but to, to paint this picture. But now Joseph's the one handing out the wrath of God, and and Benjamin is the one that it's being handed to. And um. And yet, as I mentioned before. His brothers, specifically Judah, but I think, you know, all of his brothers are willing to drink the cup that he is about to drink and be baptized with the baptism that, because Joseph said, remember when he catches up to them, he, he lets them go off like a few hundred yards and then just runs up and catches them and said, who stole my cup? And, and then they, they said, no one. And then they said, let, let the one in whom your cup, uh, whose sack your cup is found be, be killed. And Joseph said, okay, that's a deal. Whoever drinks this cup, whoever has my cup has to die. And, and, and so that's the, that's the, that's the deal right there. The one who has the cup dies. And Benjamin has the cup and then Judah says, no, no, give the cup to me. You know, I'll take that cup. I'll drink that cup. And then that's the, that's the catalyst right there that makes Joseph say, okay, everyone else get away from me. And he reveals himself to them and says, come into my land. You know, if you're going to drink my cup, you have a right to be with me. If you're going to drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism, if you're going to drink my death, then then you have full right to this land, to this kingdom, to my government, to my lordship, to all my seed and my bread come come into me. I'm revealing myself to you. So that's just the other uh, um, big story I wanted to try to at least, you know, point out to you guys. I'm not going into a whole lot of detail with any of these things, but... Um, just to present them to you to to read over and think about and uh, in your own time and and next week we'll uh, maybe grab a few more odds and ends in this story before we wrap up we're almost done with the book of genesis so i'll stop with that